Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. everyone and welcome back to your reading corner with the gratitude chick so today guys we are finishing up chapter number five um maximize your potential through the power of your subconscious mind yes it was a very long chapter but what's crazy is chapter six is even longer but i think chapter six is the last really long chapter so seven eight nine we should be able to finish in one episode maybe seven is like two episodes i think but Um, We're coming, we'll be finishing this book pretty soon, so, um, or we'll see. (laughs) Um, But it is the longest book that we've read. Um, I think, again, the next book is going to be us finishing Florence Shovel's, Scoville Shin's book, A Game of Life and How to Play It, that I started last year. And I stopped reading it for the power of your subconscious mind. So we'll go back and finish that. So we're going to pick up up where we left off on Tuesday. A woman called me on the phone. She had been trying to sell a house that had been bequeathed to her by her father. It was a half a million dollar residence. I'm a widow. I'm all alone and I want to sell this place. But people don't have that kind of money today. They look at it and they never come back. I said, look, this is what you do. Stop your nonsense. Walk through this mansion of yours. You are showing it to an imaginary buyer. Yes, an imaginary buyer. And you are showing him the whole place, the garage and everything else. And he is saying, I like it. I'm going to take it. And he's giving you a check for it. I said, all this is your imagination. Yes, you are happy about it and you are taking the check to the bank. The banker is saying, congratulations, you sold your place. I said, all that's in your mind. You are showing him the whole thing and he is pleased and saying, I'll take it. I said, you dramatize that in your mind. You are releasing it because you are selling it in your mind. If you don't sell it in your mind, you'll never sell it. For all transactions take place in the mind. You can't gain or lose except through the mind. All transactions take place in the mind, guys. So this means that once my book is ready at the Illustrator, I need to sell it widely in my mind. All right, I'm going to start practicing. 
You can't gain or lose except through the mind. Of course you can't. All transactions take place in the mind. That's A, B, and C. It's almost impossible for me sometimes to understand the thinking of people. These things are so simple. So utterly simple. A child of seven can understand it. Now, if you can't teach it to a child of seven, you don't know it. Because if you know it, you can impart that knowledge to that child. So you can't want to sell the home except there is someone who wants it in the first place. And who has the money to buy it? But if I begin to say to myself, who has a half a million dollars today? Money is tight, high mortgage rate and all that. Then you are beaten before you start. But there are people who have millions of dollars. There are many millionaires. You can't sell that home unless someone buys it, ABC. Infinite intelligence knows where that person is. That's number two. And then you do the simple thing. Infinite intelligence attracts to me the buyer who wants this home, who appreciates it, prospers in it, and who has the money. Then you get rid of all these people who don't have a dime but only want to see the home. You are not in the sightseeing business. Therefore, decree that only those who have the money can come to see the home. Then you are showing it in your imagination. You are showing it to the buyer. He is satisfied. You are showing him everything you would show him or you would show him. And it's sold. Then that will happen. That's the quickest way in the world to sell it. One time, Judge Troward was walking the streets of London. He imagined that he saw a snake in the street. Fear caused him to become semi-paralyzed. What he saw looked like a snake. You know there are no snakes in London, but Troward had the same mental and emotional reactions as if it were a snake. What are you going to imagine? Well, the Bible tells you to imagine whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest and of good report. Think on these things and imagine these things. What do you imagine about life? Is it going to be a happy life for you? Or is it going to be a long life of frustrations? You mold, fashion, and shape your outer world of experience according to the mental images you habitually dwell upon. Imagine conditions and circumstances in life that dignify, elevate, please, and satisfy. Imagine your husband telling you what you long to hear. Yes, sit down quietly and close your eyes and wake up. Rip Van Winkle only slept 20 years. Sit down quietly and mobilize your attention and relax. If you don't relax, you will get no results from your prayer. When you relax and believe, your prayers always works. If you do not relax, you do not believe. It's as simple as that. So stop kidding yourself. Relax, let go, and your husband is telling you what you long to hear. He said, I love you, darling. I think you are wonderful. He is telling you what you long to hear. He is telling you, he is promoted, that he is, you know, he is doing what he loves to do. He is telling you what you long to hear, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how he is promoted and how life is wonderful for him, how happy he is in his new assignment. He is telling you what you long to hear. Hear it. And don't deny what you affirm. Then he will tell you objectively what you heard him tell you subjectively because you are hearing him telling you what he should tell you according to the golden rule and the law of love. 
Always have him or her tell you what they should tell you according to the law of love and the golden rule. It's a lot of redundancy in this book. I think that's why these chapters are so long because he repeats himself over and over. And maybe that's a good thing um, so it can get into your mind. Then you can't be wrong, can you? I receive letters from men and women in different states of the union. It's almost unbelievable. They say, I want this woman to marry me. <clears throat> she pays no attention to me. Will you tell me how to pray and get her? And all that sort of thing. That's not prayer. I write and tell them that I can't imagine any man in the world wanting a woman who doesn't want him, provided the man is in his right mind. That's what I say to them. And this is why I don't do any kind of advice or or um, postings or anything on getting your specific person that is your ex or someone that you know you know things like that someone that really is your ex or something like that because I feel like number one I don't agree with that and number two I believe your ex becomes your ex for a reason and I think it makes you crazy to want someone who does not want you if he broke up with you there is a reason why would you want someone who doesn't want you I just I don't do those kind of things so that's why I personally don't ever post about that because I think it's ludicrous um if you are a woman I can't imagine you wanting a man who doesn't want you to me that's insanity love is a mutual thing if you are in love there is a natural law of reciprocal relationship there is no confusion it's like the woman who says I'm madly in love with John Jones I said well how does John Jones treat you what did he say did he propose to you? Did he give you a ring? Did he tell you we are getting married on the 10th of November or something? Oh, no, but he smiled at me and he's nice to me. Good heavens. <laughs> That's why I say so often, Rip Van Winkle only slept 20 years. If you, I don't even know what that means. If you are in love with someone, that person has to be in love with you. It's a law of reciprocal relationship. Love is a state of at one mint. Okay. We have to love everybody. That is to say, we have to radiate love, peace, and goodwill to them, cordiality, geniality, and wish for them all the blessings of life. If you don't, you are in trouble, and you are in lots of trouble. So we have to love everybody in that sense. We have to wish for everyone what we wish for ourselves. But you don't try to force the other person. Trying to force the other person to love you or marry you or something that's black magic. It boomerangs on you. And this is what I always say. It is wishcraft to wish things, to to try to force things on people. To try to force their actions, force their compliance through your own mind. And all these things that people tell you to do. Shake this and write this for someone to, you know, your, to get your ex back, to get a text. That's just stupid to me. That's it's stupid and it's insane. And I, I don't subscribe to that. Um, let's see. Where did I leave off? That's black magic. It boomerangs on you. It's crazy. That's the only word for it. Just plain crazy. Now imagine yourself. If you imagine yourself or if you imagine life is cold, cruel, hard, bitter, then struggle and pain are inevitable. You are making life miserable for yourself because that's what you are imagining. 
Imagine yourself on the golf course. You are free, relaxed, full of enthusiasm and energy. Your joy is over is in overcoming all the difficulties presented by the course. The thrill is surmounting all obstacles. Now, that's not my imagination, but I understand why he's painting the picture because that's his imagination. My imagination is to be on some tropical beach, Morocco, uh, I don't know, South, Af- South Africa, uh, Turks and Caicos, you know, um, somewhere in Indonesia, just somewhere on some beautiful um, country with palm trees, white sand, clear water. That is my vision as I sit and I read my book with the sun beating down on me, the, the ocean in the distance. This is, that's my, that, that's what I would like to do or um, what I really want to do. And I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. I want to go to Mykonos. And I have a vision of this grand place in Mykonos, in Mykonos, where I just sit and watch the water, because I am a big water person, you know, or, um, you know, rent a big yacht with me and my family and my friends, and we just yacht through the Mediterranean, getting off at different seaports, going and exploring different villages, you know, giving, you know, buying things from the local economy, um, from the local shops to boost their economy, things like that. Um, giving back to, you know, local villages with orphanages and things like that. That is kind of, you know, what I see myself doing, especially in my 50s. I want my entire decade to be me traveling through, um, like, Greece and Egypt. Like, I want to go to the museum at Cairo. Like, it's just so many things that I want to do. And I got to do it in my 50s. And I say my 50s because I have a few more years to work myself out before I can get there. You know, I got to lose this weight, you know, get this health together so I can go. So I'm saying in my 50s, like my so the year that I turn 50, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to travel. I'm ready. But I also want someone to travel with me. So, and it got to be a dude. So... This is where I am right now. <laughs> so that's my vision. So, I, you know, I encourage you guys after you're done with this episode to stop and think about what your vision is. What do you see yourself? What makes you happy? And start imagining that. Don't look at, look at it as something that's far, far away or that's just, you know, your vain imagination or something. Make it your, your real life, you know? See yourself in that place traveling to that place and hold that vision often so that it does come to pass your joy is in overcoming all the difficulties presented by the golf course the thrill is in surmounting all obstacles now let's take this scene imagine yourself going to a funeral parlor Notice the different emotional response brought forward as you picture yourself in this particular situation. In the funeral chapter, chapel, if you know the laws of mind, if you are not living in the dark ages, if you are not mesmerized, hypnotized, and brainwashed, you can rejoice in the person's new birthday. You can imagine the loved one surrounded by his or her friends in the midst of indescribable beauty in the next dimension of life. 
You can imagine God's river of peace flowing through the minds and hearts of all those present. You can actually ascend the heavens of your own mind wherever you are. That's the power of imagination. You can lift them all up because of the new birthday in God. In some modern funerals today, there is nobody. The daughter or the son says, would you have a memorial service for my father, mother, where all of us gather together and we have a meditation rejoicing in their new birthday in God? That's common sense. It's beautiful to see people awakening to these truths today. There's no one buried any place, you know. And if you think someone is buried somewhere, you are identifying with cessation, finality, and limitation. You are building a cemetery in your own mind. You know the frightful negative results from that, don't you? A teacher, a relative of mine, was examining the round towers of Ireland. I was with him. He said nothing for an hour. He remained passive and receptive, seeming to be in a pensive mood. I asked him what he was meditating on. This is what he said. He pointed out that it was only by dwelling on the great, wonderful ideas of the world that we grow and expand. He contemplated the age of the stones in the tower. Then his imagination took him back to the quarry where the stones were first formed. His imagination unclothed the stones. He saw with the interior eye the structure, the geological formation, and the composition of the stone and reduced it to the formless state. Finally, he imagined the oneness of the stones with all stones and with all life and with the whole world. There is only one substance, you know. He realized in his divine imagery that it was possible to reconstruct the history of the Irish race from looking at the, the round tower. That's absolutely true. It can be done. There is only one substance, one law, one life, one true, one truth. In the stones of the round tower is the memory of the race. Why? It's subjective. It's not hard and solid. It's alive. The stone is alive, you know. There is nothing dead in this universe. That stone that you call inanimate matter, that's absurd. That stone is alive. Through the, imagina through the imaginative faculty, this teacher was able to see the invisible souls living in the round towers and hear their voices. The whole place became alive to him in his imagination. Through this power, he was able to go back in time where there was no round tower there. In his mind, he began to weave a drama of the place from which stones originated, who brought them, the purpose of the structure, and the history connected with it. And he said to me, I am able to almost feel the touch and hear the sound of steps that vanished thousands of years ago. Where does that novel come from? Where does the poetry come from? Where does the story of humankind come from? The subjective mind permeates all things. It is in all things and is the substance from which they are, they are made. The treasure house of eternity is in the very stones comprising a building. There is nothing inanimate. All is life in its varied manifestation. Truly through your faculty of, of imagination, you can imagine the invisible secrets of nature revealed to you. You will find that you can plumb the very depths of consciousness calling things that be not as though they were, and the unseen becomes seen. It is really out of the imaginative human mind that all religions are born. Is it not out of the realm of imagination that television, radio, 
radar, sub super jets, and all modern inventions came, your imagination is the treasure house of infinite infinity, which releases to you all the precious jewels and music, art, poetry, and inventions. You can look at some ancient ruin or old temple or pyramid and reconstruct the records of the dead past. In the ruins of old churchyards, you can also see a modern city resurrected in all its beauty and glory. You may be in a prison of want, adversity, or behind stone bars, but in your imagination, you can find an undreamed of measure of freedom. I can now see Shakespeare listening to the old stories, fables, and myths of the day. I can also imagine him sitting down, listening, all these characters in the play in his mind, then clothing them one by one with hair, skin, muscle, bone, animating them and making them so much alive that we think we are reading about ourselves. So Shakespeare's stories are stories about you. All the characters are within yourself and all the characters of Shakespeare are within you. Use your imagination to go about your father's business. Your father's business is to let your wisdom and the skill, knowledge, and ability come forth and bless others as well as yourself. You are about your father's business if you are operating a small store and in your imagination, you feel you are operating in a larger store giving a greater measure of service to your fellow creatures. If you are a writer of short stories, you can be about your father's business. Create a story in your mind that teaches something about the golden rule and the law of love for faith works by love. And you can have the faith that moves mountains, but unless you have love, you won't get very far. And love is goodwill, it's cordiality, geniality, it's goodwill to all people, wishing for them all the blessings of life. Pass the story that you're writing and its characters through your spiritualized and highly artistic mentality. Your article will be fascinating and intensely interesting to your public. Yes, the wonderful powers of imagination are within you. It would be a wonderful idea if all of us from time to time would recast our ideas and check on our beliefs and opinions. Ask yourself, why do I believe this? Where did that opinion come from? Perhaps many ideas, theories, beliefs, and opinions which you hold are erroneous were accepted by you as true without any investigation, whatever as to their truth or accuracy. So archeologists and paleontologists studying the tombs of ancient Egypt through the imaginative perception through their imaginative perception, reconstruct ancient ruins. Of course they do. The dead past becomes alive and audible once more. Looking at the ancient ruins and hieroglyphics, the scientists tell the age when there was no language. Communication was done by grunts, groans, and signs because there was a time when man did not speak. The scientists' imagination enables them to clothe the ancient temple with roofs and surround them with gardens, pools, and fountains. The fossil remains are clothed with eyes, sinews, muscles, and they again walk and talk. The past becomes a living present. We find in imagination there is no time or space. Through your imaginative faculties, you can be a companion to the most inspired people of all ages. 
God shall wipe all tears from your eyes. You can succeed in all your endeavors. You can surmount adversity and poverty and failure. You cannot fail but to be successful and wealthy. So it has a summary at the end of the book. And I'll just read the summary since we have a few minutes. Um, We're only about 22 minutes in. So it says, in a nutshell, if you wish to be successful, you must first imagine yourself to be successful. If you wish to be wealthy, you must first imagine yourself as wealthy. When the world says it is impossible, it can't be done. The person with imagination says it's already done. Imagination can penetrate the depths of reality and reveal the secrets of nature. Through your faculty to imagine the end result, you have control over any circumstance or condition. If you wish to bring about the realization of any wish, desire, idea, or plan, form a mental picture of fulfillment in your mind. Constantly imagine the reality of your desire. In this way, you will actually compel it into being. Your imagination can close and objectify any idea or desire. You can imagine abundance where lack is, peace where discord is, and health where sickness is. Whatever you can conceive, you can give it conception. It is to impregnate your subconscious mind with the picture of the idea, the ideal. The soul can see invisible things in your mind where is that success you deeply desire. Isn't it in your mind? Is it real? It has form, shape, and substance in in another dimension of mind. Believe you have it now and you shall receive it. Through your imaginative faculties, you can be a companion to the most inspired writers, people of all ages. God shall wipe away all tears from your eyes. You can succeed in all of your endeavors. You can surmount adversity and poverty and failure. You cannot fail to be successful and wealthy. So I do, I will say with this chapter, it was definitely all about visualization. And I agree with uh, pretty much everything he stated. The only thing that kind of tripped me up were some of the inserts that really had no purpose and the redundancy um, of the chapter. Like I said before, I think maybe the redundancy was just to say, you know, it over and over so you can get it into your mind. If that was the case, then I, I understand that. Um, but it was a little bit redundant. And I think the chapter could have been a lot smaller if it wasn't so much repeating of the same thing. But overall, um, this chapter on visualization was pretty good. Really, really good. And I, I really did like it. So um, although this is only a, this is less than 30 minutes, we're going to stop here. And we'll start chapter six on Tuesday. Okay, thank you guys so much for li- for tuning in today and listening to me. Um, I appreciate it, especially since this book seems to be a lot more popular than I thought it was um, before, which is why I stopped it. So we're back and we're going to finish this, this book this time. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life, guys. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. 
Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.